sings my soul. I can just feel the presence of the Lord and almost picture the presence of his angels gathering about this place this morning. Amen. Amen. We're going to let you be seated for a few moments this morning. Some folks have seen angels. I've heard them tell about that. I can't say that I ever saw that sort of an angel. Amen. But the Bible does speak of other types of angels. And uh, one of the types it mentions is the angel of the church. Amen. I haven't seen those called the holy angels, but that messenger of the church. Amen. You can see an angel every time your pastor stands in this pulpit. God sends his message to the angel of the church. In this church right here, God sends his messenger, and he sends a message. And I trust you've been keeping Pastor Riggin in prayer, have you? Hallelujah. Just keep, keep praying, and we're just... Excited about the reports that come back. God is using Brother Riggin, Sister Riggin over in Africa, and uh, good things are happening over there. There are those who are embracing this one God message. Amen. Jesus is his name. Praise God. Hallelujah. He intends that gospel to be taken throughout the world before he comes. And uh, not only that, they're embracing godly teaching and laying aside the worldly ornaments. Reports are coming back that they're taking on modesty and everything that goes with that and uh, just embracing the message that God has for this last day. And uh, it's just good to hear those reports. We're going to be excited. You know this is their final week coming up there in Africa and uh, we'll be looking forward to them returning here before the end of this week and uh, welcoming them back and hearing the good reports uh, just directly from them. Uh, in the meantime, we're having good church. Yeah. Hallelujah. I love this church. I Thank God I'm in a revival church right now. How about you? Are you glad you're in a revival church? The Spirit of the Lord is moving. Amen. When we feel the Spirit of God moving, it's as though there's a flow 
through that, uh, that, that river that flows through God's church, that pure, holy spirit. And I love it when some of that debris is kind of shoved out of the way as the Holy Ghost moves and, and I feel that fresh touch of God. I've been feeling that in the church. Hallelujah. I want more of that. I just want more of the Lord. I want more of His Spirit. Praise God. I pray every day, Lord, just let me have that fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. Before we leave here this morning, you can feel the touch of God afresh on your life. If you've already received the Holy Ghost, you can be renewed in the Holy Ghost. You can be refreshed in the Holy Ghost. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, let me say you are in the right place today. Praise God. God can fill you with his spirit right here before you leave today. So there have been good things happening in the church here. There have been folks praying. Uh, yesterday, thank you to those who were able to be here. And uh, our group went out and visited some people that have come to the church previously and uh, also knocked a few doors and just invited some people to the house of the Lord. And I know that, uh, that you've been passing out cards and, and uh, we're just believing God that to, uh, as we give him something to work with, the Lord will work. We're going to let him. Amen. We're going to give him something to work with and allow him that opportunity to work right here in Olathe, Kansas. New Life Pentecostal Church is in action. Praise God. Just like the book of Acts. It was the acts of the apostles that there's an entire book written about. We're just patterning ourselves after the acts of the apostles. God gives the results. and He gives the increase. Praise God. I just want to say, uh, before I go any further, and I've mentioned this a couple times, but this church has just been so hospitable and uh, feeding me real good. And uh, it's not going to waste as far as it's going to this waste, but not, it's not going to waste. And, uh, and I thank you so much. Thank you so kindly for your hospitality and for uh, just the welcoming spirit that I feel here. And, and I'm sure of this, that visitors who come feel the heart of this church. You know, the church in Olathe, Kansas has heart. And uh, a heart that goes out to others. And God blesses that, and God uses that. So thank you again for your kindness to us. This morning we are going to turn to the book of Titus. Thank you for the music also, musicians. I think some of them have already gone downstairs teaching little Johnny and little Susie down there. And, uh, heard about the uh, one little girl, little Susie, came to church for the first time. And uh, enjoying the music and all, and after the, after the service, the pastor just asked her, well, how did you enjoy the service, your first service? She says, oh, the music was great. She said, but that commercial was way too long. <laughs> she didn't appreciate all the service, but, you know, we're adults, amen? And we look forward to the Word of God. Amen. It feeds our soul, and that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to find some food for our souls, something encouraging, something that will build our faith this morning. As we read in Titus chapter 2, look at verse 11 with me there. It says this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. By the way, not just men, but ladies too, right? All mankind. 
and uh, says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we just give glory to the great God and our Savior right now before we go any further? Jesus, we magnify you. Lord, you are our Savior. Lord, you're the one whose grace has appeared to us. God, we're a blessed people today. Thank you, Jesus, for the blessing of being in your presence and feeling your power today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him an applause this morning. Amen. Praise God. We're going to let you be seated this morning. I'm going to title this A Space of Grace. A Space of Grace. Not, not a space race. <laughs> not a space case, <laughs> though some of us, me included, might fit that. Or not, definitely not once in grace, always in grace. Uh, we know the, the flaw of that particular doctrine, but but a space of grace, amen? And what we read here this morning enlightens us as we read the book of Titus. It says, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. God has stretched forth his hand of grace in this dispensation like he never did previously throughout history. We live in what the Bible describes as a dispensation of grace, we are blessed. Amen. We, lived in the, we live in the best time. We have the best gospel. We have the best opportunity to come into the presence of God in our day than in any other time that mankind has lived in. The Bible says this in the book of John. It says, The law was given by Moses. Under the dispensation of the law, the law was given there to teach them what sin was. And it was given to God's people. It was revealed to them the law. You know, the thou shalt and the thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Say that right. Uh, thou shalt not steal, right? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. All those were given to the people of Israel in the dispensation of the law. And uh, it was a schoolmaster to lead them to Christ. And the law was holy. It was just. It was good. Amen. And it revealed to them the consequences of sin. Thank God I don't live under the law. Uh, it was bloody. It, it, if we were under the law today... We'd all be walking in with a, a little lamb tucked under our arm or a turtle dove or two or leading a bullock down the aisle here. And before the service was over, if we were under the law, those little critters would be shedding their blood. The law revealed through the sacrifices that, uh, that sin was not so easy to cover as we would like to think. It required the shedding of blood. It required death. It was there to lead that nation to Christ. Hallelujah. That there would be a final sacrifice. That the Lamb of God, when he was revealed, 
when he came to bring grace, at the same time he would come and he would fulfill the law. Thank God that he did. Amen. Can we thank him this morning that he came to take upon us, take upon him the sin of the world, to take upon him our sin. Thank God. So the scripture says this in the book of John. The law was given by Moses. It was revealed. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. God chose in this dispensation to give us a greater revelation of him. Amen. That law revealed and instructed and, and it showed what God's expectations were of mankind in that day. It dealt mainly with the flesh. But God reveals to us something greater. It's called his grace. Amen. His grace that has appeared to his people. Amen. To appear to all mankind, the Bible says, much in the same way that the law appeared to his people. Amen. Then, then eventually, all those nations that came in contact with Israel, they receive some understanding of the law as well. And so God intends in our day for this gospel to be preached among all nations, the grace of God to appear to all men. In fact, if we look at the scripture, it says that his grace has appeared to all men. Jesus Christ was the light, and it says that his light has shined unto all. There is no life that has not been touched by Jesus Christ. Every individual that comes into this world, hallelujah, is touched by the coming of Jesus Christ. This world is different, amen, because his grace has appeared. Amen. His light has shined into the hearts of all. Praise God. He changed the world. Amen. The world that lay in darkness, now the light is shining. Amen. The light shone to me. The light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God that his grace has brought that revelation to mankind. You say, well, what about over in China? Well, that light has shined over there too. Amen. How about, how about down in some of those third world countries? Oh, yeah. The Lord has revealed his truth throughout this world. Amen. Unto all men by his spirit. By his spirit. Praise God. And so as we read here, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And much in the same way that the law was there to teach those in the Old Testament, grace teaches us something. And it says, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us, denying ungodliness, and worldly lusts, we should live right. We should just live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Just do right. Amen. The power of God is there in our day to help us do right, to help us to live soberly. Somebody said, how do you define soberly? <laughs> how about undrunk? That's the way one brother described it. <laughs> the grace of God will deliver us 
from the bondage of this world. It will deliver us from habits and from addictions. Amen. The grace of God has appeared to all men and there is delivering power in our day. Amen. We don't have to come to the house of God and leave the same way we came. We can leave different. We can leave better. Amen. We can leave living the way we want to live. Woo, thank the Lord. Let's thank him together this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. One brother was delivered out of his lifestyle, went back to his job. He would simply testify. Some knew way, the way he had lived before. And uh, one man on the job asked him, he says, I don't understand. He said, how is it you don't drink anymore? He just said, it's the grace of God. You mean the reason you don't smoke that stuff you used to smoke is, how come? He said, it's the grace of God. Amen. How, how come we don't live the way we used to live? The grace of God appeared. Amen. Amen. And that grace is powerful. It's the grace wherein we stand. Amen. There's power in the grace of God. It is not some weak, limp handshake. <laughs> There's, there's strength. There's a, it gets, you know, we can get a grip on God through his grace. Hallelujah. The Bible says this. It's no longer by works, not by the works of the law that we're saved. Amen. But there's something more powerful than that. We are saved by grace through faith. Amen. Amen. Our faith. Our faith is us reaching up to God. I've seen faith in action here this morning as I've seen hands lifted, hearts lifted, reaching out to God. That's faith. You have faith. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you have faith. Yeah. Amen. Wouldn't be sitting on these pews. We didn't have faith, I don't suppose, would we? Amen. We're here because we have some faith. We have some confidence that God can do something in our lives. Praise God. And that's what faith is, us reaching out to God, and grace is God's response to faith. When the hand of God reaches down in response to us reaching up, something good is about to happen. Amen. That spirit of grace, we call it the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody who reaches up in faith to God, cries out to him, Jesus, I need you. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your strength. Guess what? The grace of God is that response. Hallelujah. He'll lift us up. He'll give us that strength. He'll give us that power. Amen. Our weakness is made strong through his grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses. Amen. The power of the Holy Ghost. Thank God. Mercy and grace. All of us need mercy. I'll just take a moment here. Mercy, because of what we've done. We've done against others, uh, against God himself. <clears throat> and, you know, we brought some things on ourselves. Probably wasn't the devil always. <laughs> you know, our lifestyle 
in the world, if, if you came from there like I did, uh, I, it brought me down into the pit. It, it took me out of, a, uh, out of the life that I should have lived and brought me into bondage. My lifestyle did that. I, I, I needed the mercy of God. The mercy of God is this. It's not getting what we deserved. I know what I deserved. Amen. When I sinned against God, I know what I deserved. Amen. But the mercy of God is not getting what we deserve. The grace of God is getting something we didn't deserve, which is him reaching down to us, lifting us up, drawing us into his presence. Amen. When we were not worthy, oh, when we didn't, we didn't have strength on our own, he reached to us. I can still remember, brother, I can remember one of the first times I went into a church because I was not raised in church. One winter, my mom took us six kids to Sunday school uh, off and on, and that was it. That's all I knew. A little story about David, I remember that. I do remember things that I learned there. The Word of God is incorruptible. Amen. But it, it wasn't our lifestyle. When I got out on my own, I wanted, to, I wanted to find out what this is all about. What's this God thing all about? And I can still remember sitting in a service and the man preaching on the grace of God. And I felt something. I felt something I'd never felt before, brother. I felt hope. I felt maybe there's a chance. I felt there really is a God. It's not just some figment of somebody's imagination. Oh, I thank God, hallelujah, that he revealed himself. And the Bible says it's been revealed to all men, praise God, teaching us that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. God has granted us all that space of grace, we'll call it, that time when God will reveal himself, his grace to us. And there are those about us who, who walk into that space. And then for some reason or other, they just keep on walking. Because we don't have to, we don't have to stay in the grace of God. There are those the Bible talks about who fell from the grace of God. Because it's a, it's a lofty position. It's a, the grace of God lifts us up. And uh, if we leave that grace, if we step out from under the umbrella of that grace, if we yield again to the flesh and begin to walk after the flesh, then we're going to come back down. Back down into bondage. Back down into fleshly habits. Praise God. But I want to stay right smack dab in the middle of the grace of God. He was merciful enough to bring me out. Hallelujah. Out of that darkness into his marvelous light. I don't intend to leave that. Hallelujah. Whoo, hallelujah. I want to sit in those heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And by the grace of God, every one of us can. Amen. He'll lift us up. Praise God. He'll hold us up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So what an impact the grace of God has on our lives. All of us have experienced it at one time or another, how for some reason God preserved us when we, uh, you know, it could have been imminent that we'd 
pass from here to there to eternity. I remember one time somebody telling me about standing on a curb and getting ready to cross a busy street. They looked both ways, didn't see anything coming. As they stepped out, they felt uh, a hesitation, looked again, and there went a car by them so close. If they had just taken one more step, it's over. Has anybody else ever had an experience where you felt like, whew, if it wasn't for the mercy of grace of God, it's over. That, that puts the fear of God in us, <laughs> and that's good, but that's simply God's grace. One lady, when she came to the Lord, um, she'd been very ill off and on, and in fact, in more than one instance, she had died on the op operating table. She had heart problems. She's not getting any younger. Her problems were getting worse. And uh, when she came to church, she knew that it could have been over at any time. And uh, when she came, she came to do business, brother. Amen. She bit business. She came to the altar, prayed. And when she prayed through speaking with other tongues, she rose from that altar. And she said, what next? Amen. And they said, baptism in Jesus' name. That's scripture. And she went down in the water in Jesus' name. And she tells the, the story of how one of those times that she died on that operating table, she walked through a, what looked like a beautiful pasture, and uh, she saw off in the distance a golden city, but she was told that she was not ready for that golden city in this vision or whatever that she saw. And she was pulled back into that operating room and opened her eyes and saw the doctors about her. God wasn't done with her yet. She wasn't ready just yet. She was a good churchgoer in her own way. But oh, without baptism in the name of Jesus, I, I don't want to make that trip. Amen, amen. I want to meet the Lord in peace. I want to have all that sin washed away. Hallelujah. I want to be ready for that judgment day. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, and by the grace of God, every one of us can be ready. Amen. We can have the power of God to live for him every day, soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Can we lift our hands and give him glory this morning? Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that time that you had mercy on me. Oh. Praise God. Praise God. So many times, folks who step into the church or into the presence of a prayed-through, prayed-up saint of God, they feel something. They sense something. And uh, that's simply stepping into that safety zone, into that period, that space of grace. The Bible says this, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? There's an obvious answer to that. The answer is, God forbid. How shall we that are been delivered from sin live any longer therein? The grace of God grants us deliverance from sin. Amen. Now, thank God if we stumble. And I'm talking about somebody who's been born again of water and of the Spirit. And if we sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. 
But there's something that comes before that. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. There are three main areas that we, uh, we need to guard against sin. We need to guard our hands. The Bible says that uh, touch not the unclean thing. You know, we would, we would avoid a lot of sin if we just didn't touch some things, you know. If you just didn't touch that bottle, you wouldn't have a problem with, with uh, being inebriated, drunk, huh? I mean, just don't touch the bottle. Touch not the unclean thing. If folks just stay away from that, that little pill bottle, that whatever, whether it's prescription drugs that, this, that they're abusing or, or whether it's street drugs, whatever it is, just keep hands off won't have a problem that's right don't have to worry about a lot of things so guarding our hands Lord help me amen how about our words Bible says let your speech be always with grace that you may know how to answer every man amen unclean speech is so prevalent in our day I, I could just spend the whole uh, uh, time here in this service just preaching against the ungodliness the four letter words the, uh, the innuendos and, and what's so common in our day and people used to think it was so cute when their little three year old would use one of those uh, one of those words you know what was the A word or the B word or the C word or the just about every letter of the alphabet nowadays <laughs> oh isn't that cute it's not cute it's unclean. Amen. We need to guard our tongue. Praise God. And then our thoughts. Our thoughts. We need to ask God's grace. Amen. What we think is going to determine the direction that our lives takes. And the Bible says it this way. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's going to determine our life's direction. I want to get up in the morning with my mind on Jesus. Amen. With my mind stayed upon the Lord. Get up in the morning and start humming, how great is our God. Hallelujah. How great is his name. Just start out the day worshiping him. Start out the day with God on my mind, and everything's going to take the right direction. Hallelujah. Everything's going to go the right way. Praise God. We need the grace of God to help us conquer and overcome all these areas, and he is able. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. There's a brother in the church. He got him a nice little car, brother. It's kind of a hot car. It's red. And uh, somewhere along the lines of a sports car. And so he was driving down the street one day right near his home. And uh, he was living faithfully for God. And so he was keeping his life in the grace of God. He uh, and uh, his little son in the, in the back seat in one of those little car seats. And as he ran the curve, he wasn't yet accustomed to that vehicle, and he was going faster than he should have for the conditions, as they say. And that car, however fast he was going, it launched itself towards space. Uh, but, you know, gravity came into play. <laughs> 
And as that car came down and began to roll and to spin and crashed finally and came to a rest, when the emergency vehicles arrived, those, those, uh, those emergency officials were amazed that anybody could survive. It was just a crumpled piece of steel. But this brother said, he said, there was something happened when that car began to tumble and to roll and to be tossed around. He said he felt like he was in a bubble. He said, I was bouncing around in there. He said, but he said he didn't even have a fear of what was happening. And when that thing finally came to rest, a little scratch is all he had. He got out of that, and his son came out of that living. Amen. What was it? It was simply the grace of God. It was the grace of God. He was in a grace bubble is the way he described it. He was in that zone. I want to stay right there. Amen. Lord, have mercy on me. I want to stay right in the middle of the grace of God. It'll pay off. There'll be some times that we don't know what's coming in life. Could be like a, a minister friend of mine who's dealt with a disease of diabetes for years and uh, had his problems. And If you have diabetes here, this might be encouraging to you. He went into the hospital. They were just telling him, we're probably going to have to take off some of your foot. And the best, that was the best scenario, just to take off some of the foot. The worst scenario was you might just lose that, that limb because there was gangrene that was beginning to set in. And, and I saw the photos. I didn't want to see it for real, but he showed me the photos. It was just black. It looked like somebody had taken a, a propane torch and just seared the skin on his right foot. And so he went in the hospital, and uh, he was there for a week or two, and they began to do what they, uh, I can't remember the word, embride or something like that. Maybe somebody here knows. What is that term, sister? I see you nodding your head. Okay, they dig it and try to take all the infection out of there and and hoping that it will heal. And so they began that process and remove one of his little toes, and it just didn't look good. But every time we'd go visit him in the hospital, he'd be upbeat. He'd be reading the Word of God. He'd be studying. He'd be praying. He's keeping himself in the grace of God. Amen. And we'd pray together. You could feel the Holy Ghost in that, that hospital room. And then another week went by and another week, and they were giving him treatment, and uh, it, it was responding. Now, remember, it, his skin just looked black when he went in there. They were warning him, this infection, we don't have a way of defeating this. It could be the best we can do is just take it off. But he, he began to take uh, some bariatric treatments of some sort where they use pure oxygen to help it heal. And... He was there 40 days and then 50 days and uh, just giving glory to God all the way. Ministers would come and pray with him. What, what I might stand it up here is saying, the final pictures that I saw, what the doctor said this looks like new skin on your foot. And it just looked like a brand new foot. <laughs> and it was God that had 
his hand upon this brother. Seventy-three days he was there. Seventy-three days before he was able to come out of that. Amen. And sometimes the grace of God is this, just there to give us endurance. Amen. To know that God's going to take care of it. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you're walking today. And you might be wondering, God, are you going to be able to take care of this? How long is it going to be, Lord? But our grace, the grace of our God is sufficient. Hallelujah. Amen. There are times that we endure some things. And how do we endure them? Grace of God. I might be talking to somebody here today. You can look back and you can see some tough times in your life. It may have been a sickness. Uh, or it may be a, a tough situation. It may be a family situation. It may be uh, maybe financial situation. And you look back and say, man, I don't know how I went through that. I don't know how I endured that. I couldn't do that on my own. Knowing that it had to be God. Praise God. Oh, you're in good company. Oh, because there were those in the Scripture that endured suffering. They endured difficult times. And it was the grace of God that reached down and brought them through all that. The Apostle Paul was just one great example. He said that there was a messenger of Satan that was sent to him. A thorn in the flesh. And it harassed him. And it, it, it brought him low. And he said, I besought the Lord three times. I asked him, God, can you take care of this situation, this thorn in the flesh? Ouch! Thorns hurt. How about you? I get a little paper cut. <laughs> Will you stitch this up, Doc? get a splinter and it's just there you know and uh, it hurts he said there was a thorn in the flesh and God would you please help me out here Lord but the Lord spoke to him and there are few places really where you see red print after the gospels when you go into the book of Acts and Romans and those books you don't see much red print this is one of those rare places and uh, it's written, Paul said, the Lord spoke to him and said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Because in weakness is my strength made perfect. Praise God. There are times that we're drawn near to God. Amen. And many times it's when we're finally weak enough that we're no longer resisting. Amen. We're no longer, uh, uh, our flesh is, is weak enough. We you know, sin is just something that we don't have the energy for that right now. And God said, in that weakness, my strength can be made perfect. And Paul gave glory to God. He said, therefore will I glory in my infirmities. He began to understand, oh, when these trials come, oh, when these difficulties come, amen, if I can see God in the middle of that, if I can see that the grace of God is going to be my sufficiency, God's going to take me through this. Hallelujah. And he'll be glorified on the other side of that trial. Amen. Amen. The grace of God that appears to all men is teaching us something. Hallelujah. God is able. God is able. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God.
Praise God. The spirit of grace. There are some, the Bible said, who do despite under the spirit of grace. They give up. They say, I guess God forgot about me. I guess he just left me here. I remember riding to school on a school bus when I was a kid. We lived back in the country, and it was about a 20-mile ride. And I'm just a kid. I didn't, didn't know anything about God, but there was a little sign uh, on a hillside. I don't know who took the energy to put this up there, but it said, God is dead. And we used to laugh about that, you know. I didn't know he was ever alive. <laughs> That's how ignorant I was, but it sure didn't make sense that he'd be dead. Who would know? How would you? If God was dead, what would keep this thing going, brother? By him all things consist, the Bible tells me. But sometimes we get to a place where we feel like, where are you, God? Where are you, God? Amen. You know, the scripture is teaching us and instructing us in something here. It said that we can look for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. In our times of darkness, in our times when it seems like uh, everything's looking down, look up. Amen. Because God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. He's still in control. His grace is still sufficient. His hand is still reaching down to us. Oh, we may not see that mighty, invisible hand of God. Woo, but he still has power. He still has strength. Amen. He still knows the needs of his children. Praise God. Praise God. Over periods of time, I appreciate the, uh, the elders in the church. They're so encouraging. And, uh, you know, I don't know those in this church real well, but I see the faithfulness of some of you thank you for your faithfulness amen sometimes folks as they get those older golden years you know the seasoned saints may feel like your usefulness is behind you your youthfulness is behind you but hey your youthfulness may be behind you but your usefulness is not over praise God you're a pillar you're a strength in the church of the living God Hallelujah, just your faith and your endurance and how God has given you victory through the trials of life. It helps somebody like me. Amen. Keep the faith. Amen. Keep the faith, elder saint of God. We need you. We need your strength. We need your experience. We need your prayers. Keep praying. Amen. And uh, God will continue to use you. Thank God. When we come to the altar so many times, uh, we come because we don't have answers. There was a man who, uh, uh, a minister, who felt that he should move to a certain area. And this is one of those times, it's not always that way, but where he felt that God's leading was in a ge geographical way and that there was even confirmation uh, from a friend of his that said, uh, the Lord is with you. Uh, do as, you, as God has spoken to you. And so he moved to an area that was known to be uh, tough. There, there were spirits that just abounded in that particular area. 
And uh, it was a battle. It was a fight. And uh, his family was feeling the, the uh, impact of that also. And as he tells the story, as he was wrestling with some of those spirits, one night God appeared and gave him a dream. And in this dream, and this just may be to encourage somebody here. I don't know what you might come to down the road, but in this dream, he saw that he was in a protected place, and the, what he saw was a forest. And there he was in the forest, and he could hide. He could, he could feel protection there. He couldn't be found easily by an enemy. But right in front of him, the direction he was going in this dream as he was walking was an open field. He would be vulnerable in that field. There was no place to hide. There was no, uh, uh, nothing to protect him there. And in this dream, as he stepped out in his beautiful sunshine, but he would be easily seen out there by an enemy, he saw a lane, a space through that field that was guarded by warrior angels. That's the way he described them. And on each side of that lane were angels facing outward, protecting him. And yes, he was entering into a vulnerable area, a time where the enemy might take advantage of him. But God showed him, I've given you a space through that field. I haven't given you a space. There are times in life we don't have the strength. There are times in life we don't have the answers. <laughs> oh, but there's a God, hallelujah, with his mighty grace. He will provide. Amen. His grace is sufficient. He will give us that space of grace. He will lead us through. We'll be able to look back one day and we'll say, that was God. Hallelujah. He was the one who was watching out for me. I'm going to make it through every trial and every test of life. There's an old-fashioned song. Some of you may remember it. Some through the fire. Some through the flood. Some through great trial. But all through the blood. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we stand together this morning? Thank God for the power of his spirit. Amen. Amen. That devil, he might try to cross that bloodline, but God's grace is sufficient. Amen. Get thee behind me, Satan. Hallelujah. You savor not the things that be of God. God's going to give victory over every sin. Praise God. He's going to give victory in every trial. He's going to give victory in every test. Hallelujah, because we're going to keep ourselves in the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you been enduring something? God seems to have given this message direction. Somebody may be in the midst of a difficult time in your life. Can we just pray together right now in Jesus' name? Lord, we pray. We call upon your name, Lord. Oh, God, we desire your touch and your presence here today. Lord, it's your grace. It's your grace. It's God's grace. Hallelujah. Your grace is sufficient for all our needs. Hallelujah. Oh, your glorious, your amazing grace, oh, God. It's been there, Lord. Oh, God, I've known the grace of God. I've experienced it, Lord. 
I feel your, your spirit of grace right here this morning, Lord. You're here in our times and we don't have the answers. Jesus, when we're relying upon you, we're leaning upon you. Oh, God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Let me just ask you this. As you look back to difficult times, was God's grace sufficient? Sister, when your son was sick and in the emergency room this week, was God's grace sufficient? Did they find anything seriously wrong with that young man? Praise God. Amen. When your finances looked like they were headed down the tubes, was God's grace sufficient? Amen. Hallelujah. Did he put food on the table? Did he take care of you and your family? His grace is sufficient. That's why we sing that song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Would you like to come and pray this morning? Hallelujah. We can come to this altar this morning trusting in the grace of God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, that's right. Let's come. Let's talk to the Lord together. Oh, I want to be the first to thank God for his amazing grace. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can come into his presence. We come knowing that the Spirit of grace will minister to us. Oh, yes, it was amazing grace. I see a sound that's 